As our teens back together, the last seven weeks, uh, Tina and the, our two daughters have been taking turns taking care of her mom, who's had some health issues, and so this is the first Sunday back, so praise the Lord for that. Good to have uh, my two daughters, my wife, with us again. And that second song, Heather actually wrote that. In fact, got a special on the music right now, any three discs, was $10 off, and since we were here last time, what's new on the table is a book that Heather has written. It's about a doctor back in 1912 when they had a real pandemic <laughs> and how he helped people there. And uh, he just about got shot in chapter 7. Anyway, I'm not supposed to tell you what's in there, but uh, it's pretty exciting. And the uh, tie is that's her great-great-granddad. And that's my wife's great-granddad and her daddy's grandpa. And it's in Wolfsville, Maryland, and in our travels, we've had the privilege to go through there, met the town historian, who's 101. And she had journals and journals and journals, and Heather took a lot of pictures, so the pictures in the book are legit. It's a true story. I mean, this is what happened, amen. So if you like um, Little House on the Prairie or the uh, Anna Green Gable, if you like that kind of feel of a book, I'm on chapter like 13 or 14, that's, that's what this book's like, if you like that. There you go. So you can see them afterwards. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. So say uh, hello to your pastor for us. I don't count it uh, lightly to stand behind a sacred desk. So I try not to mess it up too bad for him while he's gone. Amen. So we're in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter number 4. Gospel of Mark, chapter number 4. Now, I realize you're here this morning, and I say thank you, but if you're going to miss any service today, you don't want to miss tonight. So I'm already here. I know, Bubba. I'm, just, I'm glad you are, but you don't, I'm just saying, you don't want to miss tonight. Amen. So you'll be back. What time does it start, brother? Six? Six o'clock tonight. Be here, and we'll see what the Lord will let us get into. If you found Mark chapter 4, if you can or enable, if not, I understand, but would you stand with me to honor God's absolutely perfect word it's inerrant it's infallible meaning it cannot record air nor does it teach air it is inspired literally breathed out by god and hallelujah god promised to preserve it and he has right here in the old king james bible so we hold the very word of god and we can trust it with our soul for eternity and we can trust it with the problems of today. Amen. Well, I feel better. We're going to jump into verse 35. Uh, the context is Jesus, so I'll use his name there. Verse 35, here we go, Mark 4, 35. I hear a couple of pages. Okay, here we go. All right. And the same day when the even was come, Jesus saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray right there. Father, I pray that there's lost among us. You'd illumine their mind, convict them of their sin, show them their need of a Savior. Lord, that they might repent of it and call on you in faith to be saved. And God, for the saved today, I pray you'd encourage the saints, strengthen their faith. Help us now for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're taking notes this morning, the title is this. Our God is big. If you're not taking notes this morning, the title is, Our God is big. <laughs> Get the same message either way, amen. Well, God helping us this morning, we're going to take a look at Jesus and his power. So let me ask you this question. Don't answer it out loud yet, but uh, to get our mind where we're headed here. Will you trust the Lord? Don't answer it yet. Will you trust the Lord with the storms in your life. Wait, 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 wait. Don't answer it yet. Will you trust the Lord with storms in your life even when your boat is full? We get into this and see what the Lord has. Amen. So let's jump into this historical event and see what the Lord has for us this morning. A little bit of background. This account's also recorded for us in Matthew chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, and then, of course, our text in Mark chapter 4. To kind of summarize these events leading up to this particular night, we find Jesus demonstrating his power over leprosy when he was dealing with the leper who stated, uh, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and said, I will be thou clean. <laughs> Amen. Heals the centurion's servant long distance. Jesus was headed to his house saying, wait, 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 just a minute. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. Just say the word. And Jesus marveled and said, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. They're at uh, Peter's house later that afternoon. And Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. She got up and served them. You know what that means? Peter had a wife. <laughs> it's a package deal. You get a wife, you get a mother-in-law. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> anyway, y'all get me sidetracked here. What I'm trying to say is that Peter wasn't the first pope. Peter never was a pope. <laughs> and anyway, that night, that afternoon, that later that evening, they brought folks by that were possessed. And the Bible says very plainly that uh, by the power of his word, he healed them. Folks, there is power in the word of God. I believe in fulfillment Isaiah 53, 4, where it said, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The scribe came and said, Master, Master, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus began to explain the cost of following him. The foxes have dens and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And, and boy, here come the excuses. Blah, 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 because there aren't any good excuses for not following Jesus. They were more interested in seeing his power than they were in following all or giving their all to Christ. But folks, I'd just like to state this morning that the days of half-hearted, lackadaisical, comfortable Christianity are coming to a close. The days of casual Christianity are over, folks. It's high time to awake and serve the Lord Jesus for his soon return. Amen. In Luke, we find him preaching about the sore, and he taught many things by parables, and he taught his doctrine, and doctrine is still important. In Matthew 8, 18, 
he gave the commandment to depart and to the other side. Back to our text now in Mark chapter 4, we read in verse 35, And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. I want to remind the church this morning that with the command comes the enabling. If he's commanded us, then he will enable us to follow what it is he's told us to do. We see an easy one here at the front. He compelled them to get in the boat. They went down. They climbed in the boat. Okay, they're following his command. He enabled them to do that. We're going to see it more supernaturally by the end of this account. But uh, however, I just wanted to state this morning that God's enabling grace is still active in our day. <laughs> God's enabling grace, we can still serve him. God's call is without repentance. His call on your life has not changed. God has not revoked the great commission to his churches. He still says, uh, and he said unto them, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And of course, over in Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Brother Paul, when he wrote the church of Rome, asked the question. It's like, how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear if we don't go tell them? Folks, as we get into this this morning, here's number one. Jesus commanded, let us pass over into the other side. And again, we've already stated with the command comes the enabling so the Lord sends away the multitude. And folks, here's where this thing gets sweet. He said, let us. <laughs> we are co-laborers with Jesus Christ. That means we are not alone on this. Thank God for that. Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In the book of Hebrews 13, 5, and he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In the book of John, he says, without me, you can do nothing. One brother put it this way, without him, you can do no thing. I said, yeah, I get that, no thing, nothing. <laughs> Folks, we need the Lord Jesus Christ. And the quicker we learn a dependency on him, the better off our life's going to be. And here's these men, his disciples. These men, his disciples, were in the will of God. He commanded them to go get in the boat. They went and got in the boat. That's his will. Amen. They set sail. That was his will. So they're in the will of God, obeying his command together in the boat. <laughs> you might say they're all in the same boat. <laughs> hey, church, listen to me this morning. If you're not saved, to use the analogy of the scripture, you need to get in the boat with Jesus. You need to repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ and be born again. If you're saved this morning, you need to be in the will of God. <laughs> yeah, Amen. And, and these were his disciples. These were the apostles. They're not just some Joe Smo down on the street corner that could give a rip about God. These men loved him. They followed him. They're obeying him. And they were in his will. And folks, that's what I love about the word of God. Many things, but one is certainly the relevancy of the scripture. God made it easy for us preachers. Uh, his word's already relevant. We don't have to preach and try and make it relevant. We just have to preach it. It already is relevant. Amen. <laughs> so here they are, in the will of God, those who love him, just like this morning, you love the will of God, you're saved, you're in the boat with him, okay? 
But here, then the storms of life, he's not, he has not promised that we won't go through any storms. Well, then comes the storm. So secondly, the storm seems to be in the way. Verse 37, let's look at it here. In verse 37, the Bible says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, Brother Peter preached it this way in chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Folks, we're going to go through storms. We're going to go through the midnight hours. We're going to go through the, the, the trials, the valleys of life. When it rains, it, it pours. Exactly. Well, here they are in the will of God, and this storm seems to be in the way. And I would say that the day in which you and I live today, I've heard it said by many pastors, I tend to agree with them when they say, hey, we are in new waters. We haven't been this way heretofore. Well, it might be new to us, but it's certainly not new to our heritage. Folks, we have a heritage of folks that knew what it was to be persecuted. They knew what it was to give their lives and to shed their blood for the cause of Christ. They understood persecution. Amen. How many remember way back in the days when uh, pre-COVID? Anybody? Okay, well, isn't it sad you can date it like that? Well, there arose a storm of wind. If you remember, that was 2020. And in evangelism, it was kind of fun. The first part of the year, everybody had these fancy themes, you know, and, and they were all pumped up about it. They had themes like perfect vision, refocus, you know, stuff like that. And then this storm hit. Uh, uh, now, wait a minute. These men in the boat, they had seen the Lord's miracle. Before the storm hit. And this morning I asked in Sunday school how long you've been saved. And it's 20, 30, 40 years of people being, uh, most of the people in here has been saved a piece of time. Those of us who've been saved a piece of time, I am confident that there's way more than one. In fact, we probably couldn't name them all of times and events that something has happened in our life where we had to say, oh, but God. Or we might say like this, boy, that was a God thing. Only God, okay? So we've seen his miracles. These men had seen the miracles. We, we dealt with that in the introduction. And now here we are in the storm. And I want to remind the church that God changeth not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And folks, when we're on the mountaintops and we're seeing the miracles happen, I want to encourage you to be careful, be careful, be careful, because it's very, very slippery. The devil will throw temptations and, and, and things in your life. And in fact, I read some who said that this particular storm was sent by the devil. Now, I don't know that for sure, but their reasoning is that the same words that are used of Jesus rebuking the wind is the same words that we find later where our Savior was rebuking devils. Okay, well, that's a legitimate argument. But I do know this, the devil can hinder the work of God. Has he ever hindered you in fulfilling God's will in your life? Two of us. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I'll give you some scripture on it. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Wherefore we would have come unto you, Paul and the gang, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, so this happened more than once, 
Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Folks, we're in a battle. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so if the waves beat into the ship, so that the ship is now full, I have a question, church. What happens to a boat when it's full of water? It sinks. I agree with you. So if your boat sinks, would that hinder the work of God? <laughs> I would say yes, it would. The storm hits and, and it's full of water, it's sinking, and it hinders your ability to getting the job done. And can you see the poor brother, his boat sank, and he's washed up the shore now. He's soaked clear through every stitch. He's a little frustrated. I'd be frustrated, amen. And maybe even a little mad. And, and, and he's just exhausted. And he comes up just dripping with water. And here's the holy brethren looking down their long noses. What's up with you, brother? Why are you late here? He's like, my boat sank, okay? Well, I thought it was funny, but anyway. <laughs> I would say that hindered the work from getting done, wouldn't you? Well, here's number three already. Be careful of the fiery darts when your boat is sinking. Folks, what circumstances are hindering you right now from the will of God in your life? You know, this is when the devil, our enemy, launches an all-out attack, is it not? It seems like when it rains, it does pour. And here he comes with these fiery darts. And that first dart he shoots out is confusion. He's the author of confusion. Just think about it. Hey, Lord, we're trying to serve you. We had big plans. I mean, we're refocused. We're going to ramp up our visitation. We're going to hit the door to door. And man, we're going to make it happen this year. We're all pumped. And yeah. And then the storm hits. And didn't they want to shut the churches down? And they shut the nursing home ministries down. Folks, I tell you, some of those dear folks that are in the nursing homes, they're not long for this world. And if they're there without Jesus Christ, they need somebody to come in and preach to them Jesus. Amen. And it was over a year before we got back in the nursing home. You know what I'm saying? It's like, is anybody else here confused besides me? And then to shut the jail ministries down. Then it's on, then it's off, then it's on. And it's like, mercy sakes. Folks, the folks in jail, they need somebody to come in and preach Jesus. It may be that they're lost and God's using the jail to get their attention. And when they hear about how the, the Lord can save them, maybe they just get saved, amen. Or maybe they're a Christian and God's using the jail to spank them, to chastise them. And they need somebody to come in there and preach Jesus to them, amen. And the children ministry shut down. And then they let the church back and then they don't want us to sing. And I think, what in the world is going on? And you don't know who to trust. You certainly can't trust the news, the news media. And you think, well, you know, am I the only one confused? And right behind the fiery dart of confusion, here comes one, ready? Boom. Fear. Folks, fear has been all over this land. People say, oh, this is bad. We're, we're going to lose everything. <laughs> Uh, there's a pandemic and uh, the food chain's interrupted and, and we might lose our job if we don't hit the mandates and, and they're just like, ah! And there's more fear now with wars and rumors of wars. I mean, we're not living in a better day. And right behind fear, you know what another one is? <laughs> Boom, right in our head. What? Doubt. 
getting us doubting God. Boy, the devil's loving that. Start hearing things like, oh, we're not going to make it. Oh, we can't trust God on, on this one. Oh, and then they're hearing the cultures pushing it down our throat. Well, trust science. Well, I'd just like to say something right there. That the Bible is the sole authority for our faith and practice in all that we do and believe. Amen. And if science lines up with this book, then it's true science. If science doesn't line up with this book, then it's science falsely so-called. And I'm not following science. I'm going to just stick with the Bible and follow the Bible. Amen. Folks, that's where the peace is. That's where the victory is. That's where the triumph is. You just stick to the book. Amen. I know one of my friends who saved his brother-in-law is lost, and he's mocking him because he wouldn't follow the science. Well, folks, I'm telling you what, the Word of God is true. Right behind the confusion and the fear and the doubt, here comes one, and hits us right in the heart, and it's called worry. Hey, when your boat's full, you ever get confused? You ever deal with fear? You ever deal with doubt? You ever deal with worry? Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of myself? <laughs> well, first off, God said he would do that. You know, there's still verses in the Bible like Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Remember how he took care of Elijah? Anybody remember the accounts of Elijah? Here he was. Praise God, he had the guts to get in the king's face and and called Ahab to the carpet. Then God hit him by the brook. Remember that? Hey, this is back before Uber uh, Eats and DoorDash and all that, you know. God had Raven Express. <laughs> Amen. And God sustained him by that brook. And one day in God's infinite wisdom, he, dr he dried the brook up because he wanted to move his prophet to a widow lady to show himself strong. Are you all with me here? And he got over to her, and she's about to die, fix one more biscuit for her and her boy, eat it, and then starve to death. And a, and a man of God showed up and said, you go ahead and fix it, but give it to me first, God first, amen. And God sustained. And you remember the account, did the cruise oil ever fail? No way, it just kept on pouring out. Uh, did the, did the, bat, or the bucket or what was barrel of meal that it ever waste, that it ever go empty? Knowing me, I, I've been trying to catch it. You know, you like you use it for that day and then put the lid on it. Like, oh, man, I miss it. It's full again. What, <laughs> oh, y'all don't have imagination? <laughs> Amen. So it's like, wow. He said, wait, wait, Brother Terry. That's supernatural. No, 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 you wait. Hey, folks, if God has to get involved in our life personally, supernaturally, he still can do that. Amen? We can trust Him. There's no need for the worry. Amen? He's still God. <laughs> and He still can. And He still will. If He has to take care of us supernaturally, He's more than able. Amen? But wait, wait, wait a minute. Back to our text now. Here's these fiery darts. And here comes the big kicker, okay? And that big kicker is this. Sometimes in the midst of the storm... I'm not beating you up. I'm not beating these men up. But maybe you've been there. Maybe you haven't. But boy, the devil likes to crawl up on our shoulder and go to tempting us and saying, God doesn't even care. To get you start to doubt God's care for you. Hey, it happened to these men. And these men walked with him. These men loved him. These men are his disciples. These men are the apostles. Who are we? We can fall prey to the same with fiery darts. Uh, I'll show you what it says. Look at verse 38, right in our text. And I'm not making this up. Look, uh, 
And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not? Do you see that? Carest thou not that we perish? Oh, folks, excuse me. That's one of the biggest lies of the devil. God doesn't stop caring. He knows your address. He knows what you're going through. He knows the storm you're in. Amen and amen. (laughs) You know, the circumstances don't control the Lord. I mean, he's not worried about it. He's in the back of the boat asleep on a pillow. Now, we know that the scripture says the boat's full. So in my imagination, I picture this boat maybe four or five feet deep, you know, and probably from uh, the Lord's table to that, to that uh, podium right there, probably about that wide, and probably from me to the sister over here about long. Hey, if you don't like the boat, get your own. This is my boat, okay? okay? And they're in this boat, and it's kind of like the old-time fisher boat, and the Bible says it was full uh, of water, and he's in the hinder part on the sleep on the pillow. Now, I don't believe he's on the bottom of the boat because the boat's full of water. I mean, he could do that. He is God. But I believe it's probably like this uh, seat kind of thing on the back, like a bench maybe. And I think he's laying on that bench in the hinder part of the boat, asleep on the, water, uh, on the boat, and, you know, and the boat's being tossed with the wind, and the waves are filling the boat, and he's back there, splash, splash, splash. He looks real worried, doesn't he? <laughs> they go running back there, but like a bunch of high school girls, Lord, Lord, don't you care, we're going to die! Anyway, verse 39, (laughs) and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Friends, the wind had no choice but to calm it down. Amen. Hey, this wasn't like peace be still and the wind went, wasn't like that. By the time he said, peace be still, boom, came over like a light switch. There was a great calm. That's the God we serve. Give right there. Amen. <laughs> That's who we serve, church. Amen. In Matthew, let me read the account there. It's in chapter 8. You don't have to turn. You can stay here. Or if you're fast enough, keep up. Fine. But Matthew 8, 25 And the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Verse 26. Then he saith to them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Church, I want to tell you that fear from the devil cannot get in unless, look at me, your faith is little. It's when our faith is little, it's when the fear gets in. Does this make sense? Look at the chronology here as it's painted in three different pictures here, the same event. Uh, In Matthew, uh, they come to him, Master, Master, we perish. And, and, you know, he's laying there asleep on the pillow. So maybe he opens one eye, maybe both. I don't know, it doesn't say. But he's not up yet. So maybe he sets up to the bench. He looks at him and he says, why are you so fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. I mean, it's still, still going on. Then he arose and said, peace be still. Isn't it interesting that our Lord took time to actually rebuke them for their little faith before he fixed the problem? 
Amen. Do you see that there? In Luke 8, 23, he says, But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, verse 24. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and, and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And verse 25, he says, And he said unto them, Where is your faith? Wow. These are his men. These are his disciples. They're the apostles. Where's your faith? <laughs> Could I say maybe it's because they're acting like they had none? You see the chronology? Splash, splash, splash. Lord, Master, carest thou not? Master, we perish. Master, we're in jeopardy. And he looks at them. Oh, why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? Peace, be still. Where's your faith? In our text, he says, how is it that you have no faith? Wow. Now, I don't know why I did it when I was studying this, but I'm glad I did, because the word fearful in verse 40 means fearful. Well, that's deep, isn't it? Timid, faithless. So this particular fearful is dealing with faithless. One guy said cowardly. Ooh, his men, cowardly, fearful. So I'm thinking if Jesus asked them where's their faith, then it's fair to ask me where my faith is. It's fair to ask Lighthouse Baptist Church where your faith is. See, we know the Word of God. You've been saved that long, and I know your pastor. He's a great Bible preacher, teacher himself. So you know the Word of God. I know you know that, but do we believe the Word of God? See, when we face the storms in our life, uh, of, of life, and our boat's full of water and beginning to sink, do we trust the Word? Do we trust God? This is when we might hear, I believe, but there's no but after I believe. But we might, well, I believe but this, or I believe but that. No, 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 no. See, we say we believe him, but when the storm hits and our boat's full of water, all of a sudden it kind of changes our tune a little bit. Amen. How many remember the man that had the possessed son that brought him to Jesus? Okay. Just a few chapters later in this book, I think it's chapter 9. But anyway, when he comes, <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to beat him up. You know what? His boat was full. When he brought it to his child, and Jesus said, how long has this been? He said, of a child. So again, the Lord's not in hurry here of any urgency because he's complete in control. So that means this daddy from a child, this daddy's wore out. Do you know when you get wore out physically, it's easy to be wore out spiritually? Do you know when you're wore out physically, it's also easy to be wore out emotionally? And I believe this daddy's boat was full because when, if you look close at it, you probably see some burn marks on his hands because he said many times his devils had cast this boy into the fire. And I'm thinking this daddy, out of love for his boy, went in that fire after that boy to save him. This daddy's wore out. Many times them devils tried to put him in some water to drown him. 
And this daddy went in the water to save his boy. You see what I mean? This guy, he is physically wore out. He is worn out and he's in desperation. His boat's full. Amen. He goes to the scribes. You know they can't help him. He goes to Jesus' men. They can't help him. So he comes to Jesus and if thou can help us. He, you know, you can't beat him up too bad. And the Lord says, well, if you believe. What's he say? Oh, I believe. But read the rest of the sentence. In the same sentence, the Bible even talks about how tears coming down on his face. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You ever been there? The storms filled your boat. You believe, but your faith is shaken. And sometimes our trials shake our faith. You know what I'm saying? So see, there's a difference between believing the truth and living the truth. So is my, God, is, so is my trust in God? Or is my trust in myself? Or is my trust in my circumstances? If you said this morning, Brother Terry, you trust God? Well, Sure. You know, it's sunny out, it's beautiful on the way here, the leaves are changing, like, yeah, this is good, you know. The bills are paid, I got a half a tank of fuel, and uh, $5 left, amen. Anybody ever have a month like that? You know, I'm teasing here a little bit. <laughs> uh, but then all of a sudden you get a surprise bill for 100 bucks, like, whoa, where are those $95 going to come from? Okay, so I'm the only one that stresses. <laughs> so here it is, most men I know, here's how we're wired. I got this. Yeah. So you know how we got this? We take one hand like this, one hand like this, and couple them together, and we get in our boat, and we go splash, 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 splash. And here comes another way, splash, and it's back full. It's like, oh, come on, give me a head start. <laughs> you know what he's doing? We don't got anything. Sometimes God allows us to go through trials that's bigger than we are to teach us to trust him. Amen? So are you trusting him? Amen? <laughs> can, can I give you a very interesting thought? I found this very intriguing. You and I both agreed if the boat's full, it's sinking. How much water does it take to sink a boat? Somebody said, I don't know, I can't prove this, so, but I'm going to use it anyway. Somebody said that the Titanic, anybody ever heard of that boat? Yeah. Okay. They said it began to sink when it was 30% full of water. That means it's 70% empty. So in other words, your boat starts to sink long before it's full. All right, here we go. It's ways, it's filled, it's full, according to the scripture, splash, splash, splash. Lord, Lord, master, master. Time out, rewind. Okay, let's play this again. I'm not trying to put words in my Savior's mouth, but they come across, splash, splash, splash. He opens his eye. Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. Uh, and now here's, here's part where we're pretending, okay? We're pretending, uh, Peter. How'd you walk over here? Well, Lord, I just like walked over to you in a boat full of water that's uh, not sinking. How'd it not sink, Peter? Hey, we never read where it sank. We never read where it began to sink. The boat's full, but it's not sinking. You know what it was? The disciples were so focused on the storm that they missed the sustaining hand of the grace of God holding the boat up the whole time so they could run over there and cry like a bunch of girls 
and, and missed the sustaining grace of God. Their boat was full, but it was not sinking. How many times have I been in the storm and got caught my eyes on the storm and have missed the sustaining hand of God the whole time at work in my life? Lord, I'm sorry. No wonder he said, where's your faith? No wonder he said, how is it you have no faith? Folks, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what kind of valley or midnight hour. I don't know if your boat's full. But it's not sinking. It's impossible. Because of the sustaining grace of God. Remember he told Paul like this, My grace is sufficient for you. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. Thank the Lord. And by the way, Luke 8, 26 says, and they arrived at the other country. <laughs> Amen, they made it. And folks, I realize the horizon, I'm not trying to be negative, but our horizon is dark, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And we have taken on some water, and we may take on some more water for this thing's over. But hallelujah, by the grace of God, we're going to make it to that golden shore. Amen, because he's God. And he's not changed. And we can trust him. Amen. So they were enabled to obey the command of God because with the command comes the enabling. The enabling is the sustaining grace of God holding the whole thing up and together. Amen. Well, I can't leave it there. We've got to look at the last verse. <laughs> Here's the number four. The disciples readjusted their fear. Verse 41, look at it with me. And they feared exceedingly. Now look at me. If this is fearful... This is exceeding fearful. Fearful, exceeding fearful. So they went from fearing their circumstances to fearing God. And in chapter, or in verse 41, the word fearful here is different from the word in verse 40, which meant faithless. This fear in verse 41 means uh, fear, awe, reverence. It's the same word oft times tied to worship. So I can see these men in a boat full of water dropping to their knees and the water's coming up and splashing them in the face. And they're like, wow, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the, and the waves obey him. We, he's our God. Our God's bigger than we thought he was. Can you see him? They went from fearing circumstances to fearing God. Maybe this morning, whatever we're going in, God sent this crazy preacher along to say, hey, hey, hey. Quit looking at the storm. Get your eyes back on him. Fear him. Worship him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Our God's big, church. You can't squish him into 24 hours. The Bible says in Isaiah 57, 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. He inhabiteth eternity. Pa present tense. Our God's on the present, folks. He's still back in the beginning where he said, let there be light. He's still there. He's already at the other side, ready to step in the eternity future, waiting on us to catch up. He's there already. And the Bible's very plain. It says that our God is the very present help in time of trouble. Are we not in a day of trouble? Our God is present. You can't squish him into 24 hours. Hallelujah. Our God's big. 
maybe, I'm, in fact, my prayer is the Lord to strengthen our faith today, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. And like he took a lesson of his men that were his disciples, that loved him, that had seen many miracles, but the storm got them rattled. And in the end, they were focused back on him because their boat was full, but it was not sinking. Let's all stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you're not in the boat, you've never been saved, friend, how do you handle the storms of life all by yourself? I don't know how you do it. You know, the Lord loves you. He died on the cross to pay for your sin. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, I invite you to come. We'll take the Bible and introduce you to Jesus. Amen. And if you're here this morning and you're saved already, I invite you to come worship him. He's worthy. I invite you to come fear him, stand in awe of him, reverence him, worship him, thank him, trust him. Amen. I don't know what you're dealing with, but our God's big. Father, we're before you this morning. I pray you have your way and will. Lord, if there's loss, I pray they get saved. And I pray the saved today you'd strengthen their faith. We ask this in your son's name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. As the pianist begins to play, the invitation's open. Come on, church, we know what to do. If you need to come get saved, come now. If you need to come worship him, you come worship him. I mean, good night. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy to say thank you. Come on, church, let's do it. Amen, that's right. Come on. Amen. Come on. That's right. Praise God. Come on. What a Savior. You know, Brother Peter put it like this. Cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Folks coming from all over. That's right. Even from the balcony. Praise the Lord. Our God's big. Amen. Come on. If you're here and you're lost, please get saved. You're in the middle of a storm and there's no grace holding your boat up. I encourage you to get saved and get in the boat with the Lord. Amen. Come on.